Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. Whether you realize it or not, few people in history have had a greater impact on your life than William Tyndale. Tyndale was driven by a passion to give English-speaking people an advantage that they had never enjoyed before, having the Bible in their own language. William Tyndale was born in Gloucestershire, England around 1492. When Tyndale was about 12, he went to Oxford, where he stayed for 10 years. He mastered eight languages, including Greek and Latin. He read constantly, and he had a passionate desire to study the scriptures. But he was not permitted to read the Bible at Oxford because it had been the law of the Roman church for centuries that only the priests were permitted to read and explain the scriptures and only from the Latin. They claimed that the Bible was too difficult for the common people to understand on their own. While Tyndale was at Oxford, something happened that would define the direction of his life. A Catholic priest named Erasmus printed the New Testament in Greek, and copies of that Greek New Testament filled Europe. When Tyndale realized that the Greek New Testament was so accessible, he believed it was possible for him to translate it directly from the Greek into English. He knew that he could be executed for translating even a single sentence of the scriptures into English, but that was not his primary concern. William Tyndale was convinced that God had called him to take on this great work of translating and printing the Bible in English so that every English-speaking person could possess his own copy. His own personal studies of the New Testament had impacted him so profoundly that he wanted everyone to enjoy this precious treasure. Tyndale had occasion to eat a meal with a local priest, and he shared with him his idea of translating the Bible into English directly from the Greek so that everyone could own a copy. The priest became very indignant at Tyndale's suggestion. He said, We would be better off without God's law than we would be without the Pope's. Tyndale replied, I defy the Pope and all his laws. If God spare my life, ere many years I will cause a boy who drives a plow to know more of the scriptures than you do. The people closest to Tyndale began to warn him that his project of translating the Bible could cost him his life, so he decided to try to gain the approval of a scholar within the church. He made an appointment to meet with Tunstall, the Bishop of London. He showed Bishop Tunstall some of his work, and the bishop was very impressed. But when Tyndale suggested the possibility of translating the Bible, the bishop strongly rejected his idea. Tyndale stayed in London for another year, preaching every Sunday. During that year, he was convinced that there was nowhere in England where he could accomplish his work. So with the financial support of a wealthy merchant named Henry Monmouth, Tyndale moved to Cologne, Germany, and worked with a reputable printer to get his New Testament printed in English as he translated it. At one point, the King of England ordered a raid of the German print shop, but Tyndale was tipped off, and he got all of his work out safely before the raiders arrived. He moved up the Rhine River to the town of Worms, where he continued his work through another print shop. He finished translating the New Testament as a fugitive, and he had 6,000 copies printed. He smuggled these pocket-sized English New Testaments into England and began to sell them. 
The English people received the Bibles with great enthusiasm, and the 6,000 copies sold out quickly. When Bishop Tunstall heard about Tyndale's English New Testament, he sent men to go house to house and confiscate them. The owners were arrested, some were even executed, and the soldiers built bonfires to burn the Bibles publicly. Tyndale then became proficient in Hebrew, and he was soon translating the Law of Moses. He published a new edition of his English Bible, and a copy came into the hands of Anne Boleyn, the second wife of King Henry VIII. King Henry recognized immediately that Tyndale was a brilliant man, and he wanted him to come and work in his own court. He sent a messenger to offer Tyndale a position, and Tyndale responded that he would accept only on the condition that the king officially authorize an English translation of the Bible. King Henry was so insulted by Tyndale's conditional acceptance that he made the ban on Tyndale's writings even stronger than it had been. Tyndale then moved to a secret location in Antwerp, Belgium, and continued translating there. The new Bishop of London, anxious to find Tyndale and arrest him, paid a con man to lure Tyndale out of his safe house. Tyndale stepped into the trap, and he was arrested in 1535. He spent the next 16 months in a cold, dark dungeon. During that time, both the jailer and his daughter trusted Jesus as a result of Tyndale's message and his faith. On October 6, 1536, William Tyndale was burned at the stake as a heretic for the crime of translating the Bible into English. His last words were, Lord, open the King of England's eyes. Seventy-five years later, King James I authorized the translation of the Bible into English. The translators of the authorized version were very heavily influenced by William Tyndale's work. Christian, your English Bible is a precious treasure, made possible by the sacrifice of courageous people who have gone before you. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.